You're listening to 50 Plus a Tip, the show for strippers, ethical sluts, and other open-minded hoes. Hey guys, welcome back to 50 Plus a Tip, and we're on season four, episode 76, which is insane that we are on our fourth season now, and you're still hopefully listening to us. That's such a weird way to say it. It's season four, episode one. I know, but no, it's 76. 76 in total. Yes, 76 episode in total, technically season one. Oh, no, 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 season four. For episode one. God, we're rusty. (laughs) (laughs) It's been too long. Um, Also, quick side note, though, we have been discussing the idea of creating a TikTok account in case you guys don't get enough of us on the Instagram at 50 plus a tip and the podcast. You may also get to see our awkward bodies on TikTok. As you're saying this, you were doing the most aggressive hand motions I have ever seen in my <laughs> like life. Kind of like robot man yeah. <laughs> and windshield wipers. Um, so there'll be all that to enjoy potentially on a future TikTok account that we might make. But that aside, we have been missing you guys. We took a little bit of hiatus because we just wanted to um, focus a bit on working and um uh, you know, Riley went back to school against my better judgments, but that's okay. I know. Always in two minds about it. Isn't it, though? But no, but good for you. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks. I do not envy you being back in school. I love school, but I think I love it because I have the degrees behind me, so now it's like, okay, well, this is fun now, and I do yeah. my master's and my, like, doctorate, but if I was still doing my first degree, I'd be like, get me the fuck out of this. I know. I'm, like, toying with the idea of taking a year off, but I also just realized I only have a year and a half to go, so in a year, I could either still have a year and a half to go, oh, or I could have year. half a year ago. Yes, yes. The struggle is real. But yeah, what else have you been up to in our little time away from the mic? Uh, well, we have continued to see each other, which is incredible. I really thought that once we stopped recording, you would just it drop was out the of my glue that was holding our friendship <laughs> together. You guys, the listeners. <laughs> um, I've just been working and in school a lot. I'm traveling a lot because of summer. There's lots of boat parties and parties more in uh, sort of the Kelowna Penticton yeah, area. Yeah. We've been to the island. We've been to we've been uh, around guys. Whistler. Been around. We have been getting around for our essential travels. Yes, <laughs> very essential. Breast and bus. See, bus. <laughs> I was, I was like, you going with bush? Breast and bush. I haven't let myself got that go. Um, <laughs> I was going to go with butt, and then I said pussy, and I was like, what's more important? Uh, all of it. So, bussy came out. But honestly, <laughs> Is I that like the like, area between the butt and the pussy? It's a taint area, yeah. Honestly, I think, it's gonna, I think it's going to take off. I just, I'm going to put that out there, guys. You guys can start using that term now, bussy. Um, yeah, no, same. I have been working like crazy. I Well, I had a really good gig, and there's a very handsome gentleman there, and he was younger. Uh, he was like mid-twenties, and he was very cute and very nice, and I just remember that sticking out as one of, like, the past parties I've worked recently that I was like, mm, I like that. If only every party had good-looking mid-twenties to mid-thirties, to attractive, generous men. Ugh, oh, my God. My life the would life. Be, right? <laughs> so that was good. And then, yeah, we've done a lot of gigs. Um, Penticton, Kelowna, Whistler, kind of bouncing all over the place lately. 
And then what else have we been up to? Oh, I had another gig in Whistler with like extremely good looking young gentlemen as well who were very, very generous. And um, yeah, I had some I had some really good hits, had some misses. You and I, we went to um, where were we? We went to Kelowna. That got, and then as I drove, you know, it, there was construction, so it was like six hour drive. And then as soon as I get there, the booker messages and says, "Oh, they cancel." That was a slap in the face. I was like, "That sucks." She was great. She still sent me, you know, um, an e transfer to make up for the time and the gas, which was muchly appreciated. But then you and I were supposed to work another night gig to make up for that. That got canceled, and then we were gonna go to shoe swap or shoe swap or shoe swap. A shoo 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 <laughs> <laughs> um, and that got canceled as we got into our car. I know. And then I was supposed to work Whistler the next night, so I drove back. And then I was literally about to leave for Whistler, did my hair and makeup. That got canceled. So I got canceled on like four fucking times in two days. I wonder if it's because restrictions are starting to open a little bit more that people are actually going away and starting to do things with their families and taking like the men away from us. Those fucking bitches i know those families (laughs) but um no it's been it's been good i'm excited yeah like you said the restrictions are are opening so i think that um is gonna be is gonna be promising for us you actually i remember you telling me about a gig you had um and i'm sure listeners will want to hear this too because you have not had all all great times you were at a gig and the guy started calling you fucking whores and stuff and telling you get the fuck out do you remember that I know that's that's been in the hiatus. Oh wow! They don't know yet. Tell, okay, yeah. tell the peoples. Yeah, no. So I was uh, working this gig, and there was four of us girls, and it was for a birthday party, I guess. And it, it seemed like there were kind of two groups of friends, and it was going okay to start with. And then um, there was one guy that was really spending, uh, and it as was there in, always. Is, yeah, just yeah. One guy. <laughs> and it was in a hotel too, right? So I guess one guy who wasn't the guy that was spending, was staying at the hotel. Uh, so we were in the bedroom with the guy who was spending. Uh, we were just doing some dances and stuff. And this guy who was staying at the hotel came in and he was like, hey, like, I just want to go to bed. Um, mind you, it's like 10 minutes to our ending time. He's like, I want right. to go to bed. You guys have five minutes. And we're like, great, we'll just go until the end time as we're supposed to. As you paid us, yeah. Yeah, exactly. Get dressed and go. Um And he's still doing a dance with one of the girls and I'm in the bathroom just getting dressed because I'm done now. And I just hear this guy bust into the room and he's screaming, get the fuck out, get the fuck out, you fucking whores. Like, it was so crazy. It was the same guy that like a second before was like, hey, I want to go to bed. Yeah. Like two seconds later, it was a complete flip. Easy is. And so, yeah, it was super bizarre, but we got out. It was no problem. And then the guy who was supposed to be staying at the hotel like left as well so so it was super weird yeah I had a gig like that it um so I'm usually with like bookers when they book me to not maybe like not maybe tell guys that I'm sober or that I I don't drink or or do you know partake in drug consumption but um more so to just let them know that if they are looking for those girls maybe like offer someone else or suggest someone else you know not not blatantly saying I don't do that but then maybe pushing for girls who do right because obviously like as much as we want to get booked we don't want to be booked for something that we're not a fit for because it's just not it's not ideal on either person's end the bookers aren't going to have great feedback we're not going to like like being there the guys aren't going to want us there whatever right like it's best not to falsely advertise but so I was surprised I got booked for this because it's very obvious that they wanted girls who were going to 
like, you know, do certain things with them that I wouldn't do. And I wasn't going to drink because I don't mm-hmm. drink at work. So, um, we get there and they like are like kind of, you could just tell like, oh, you guys don't, you don't do this. Like whatever. Um, and then they didn't want to pay for dances. They want to dance around for money. And that's not my style. Like, unless you are throwing money, then okay, cool. Like I'll dance around. But if you're expecting us to like prove that we're worth the dollar you're going to throw and like you decide when like enough free dances have happened like that's not my not my jam so we're talking whatever and I went into one of the rooms with one of the gentlemen and we did a dance and then we were having a really good conversation and one I would just meet another girl so she came in and she was like kind of a little drinking or whatever so then she was like hey I'm like you know like when people get like drunk they don't really read the room as well yeah she was like hey guys like play with me and we're like okay well like actually having a pretty conversation here we're just chilling like whatever and then um she did like three more times so we eventually came out and me and him had a really good talk about whatever like just life or whatever and um there were two other guys in the living room, so we went and joined them. And then um, shortly after that, it was time for us to leave. So I was like, oh, babe, like, we're, our time's going to start getting changed. And then one guy who I, like, barely talked to that night, who was the only one saying, like, oh, like, you know, dance around for money. I don't pay for dances. Well, well, that, guy that guy was like, what the fuck are you? Oh, yeah, you, you want to fucking leave? You want to fucking leave so fucking bad? Get the fuck out. Get the fuck out. And he's, like, yelling at us. And we're like, well our time's up like we're if you'd like to extend for sure but you know we, we you know it's an agreement that you're paid for a certain amount of hours and just like any other job when that your time is done you're allowed to leave yeah you know and then he's like yeah fuck you i'm like holy fuck so we end up leaving i let the booker know like hey like i hate ever to leave a party with like weird vibes so i just want you to know like they didn't seem happy with us like i would have like for sure like you know like made up for it however i could but like i don't even know how to fix the situation it yeah. wasn't it wasn't a problem and then I get a message literally the week later that he's, like, requesting to see me again. And I'm like, oh. I thought you hated me. Like, yeah, what? Are you just, what? like, putting on a show for your friends? Which, I mean, it's nice that, like, he wanted to see me again and, like, have me, like, be at a party. But, like, you know. What the fuck? I don't know what, what he said. the book. attitude? And, like, yeah. I wonder if the booker was, like, oh, like, I thought you had an issue. Or do you want to see her? And she just went with it. But I appreciate the booker, you know, um, asking if I want to go back or whatever. So, yeah. And then I had another gig. Um... I didn't really interact with the one guy very much because I was with another guy giving dances most of the night, but I think he was, like, a little, like, aggro the whole night, and then at the end when we were getting ready, he was, like, yelling at one of the girls, calling her a bitch, and, like, she's a very, like, timid girl, so, like, I I cannot see this individual doing anything that would, like, warrant someone thinking she's a bitch, yeah. So, yeah, a lot of, like, aggressive men out there, hey, don't be fucking cunts like that, okay, guys? Like, you hired us to show some fucking respect. We're your entertainers. We're not, like, the baby mama you hate or, like, your absentee father. Like, don't yell at us. <laughs> I swear. Like, so bizarre. I don't get it. But stop that. Uh, what else has been up lately? Um, I did a juice cleanse for six days. How was that? It was a hoot. A hoot and a holler. Uh, it was a hoot and a holler. Uh, no, it was fine. You know, I um, don't have much of an appetite anyway, so... Um, the six drinks throughout the day were fine. I did cheat and had, like, a wiener twice. (laughs) (laughs) Not the whole hot dog, just the weenie. Um, because we were working. And, like, of course, like, one of those days was a day that I drove, like, 12 hours for work. So I was, like, of course, I'm on a juice cleanse. And then I got canceled on four times. Like, really? Like, my one... Excuse me, this fucking dog. (laughs) Yeah, my one girlfriend was, like, if I was you and I wasn't eating for six days and all this goofy shit happened, I would literally stab a motherfucker. I was, like, I mean, that's me on a good day. (laughs) I don't need the juice cleanse, but no, it was fine. But, yeah, it does... it, It... I noticed that, like, I had been eating, like, very late at night lately because of work, Mm. and um, 
obviously eating more during COVID because just like, I don't know. What else is there to do? Exactly. So like, the juice cleanse was nice to like restart. Um, and shout out to Glory Juice is who I went through. And I had grabbed the juice and I was going to do the six days. And on the website, so they stay for like two to four weeks. Um, so I just grabbed six days and I went away for work. And mm-hmm. when I came back, I looked at the dates and they were like all expired. And I was like, what? And then I like called them and they're like, oh yeah, like we switched to like a different type of juice that expires. Like it's like, um, fresh juice expires now. And I was like, oh, your website said this. So like, okay, no worries. Like we'll send you out a bunch of new juices. So they sent me out like all six new juices. And I think like the sixth day, it was like 300 and something dollars. So that was nice for them to like, you know, reissue all that juice again to me. Um, they had really good customer service, so shout out to them. Yeah, I sorry, I just have a question. So the juice ex- expire in two to three days? Yeah, so that's, like, another thing was, like, they were supposed to, like, they usually do, like, the three, five, seven-day options, but yeah. because they switch juices, only the three-day options are supposed to be available. Oh, Yeah, and then if you're, like, okay. yeah, but it didn't say on the website, it still had the five, seven-day options. Right, because so I then, was thinking, like, okay, so you pick up all your juices on, whatever, uh, day zero. Mm-hmm. Um, they last for two to three days. If you do a six-day, like, yeah. you already expired. Yeah, yeah, Unless yeah. you have to do, it like, another pickup. Yeah, no, so I had to do two pickups, but then, yeah, he explained okay, all that. I see. So, um, yeah, he was like, no, I 100% understand. It was on the website incorrectly, so, like, we'll fix that and, like, we'll honor whatever. Well, so the good. glory juice was great for that. Um, we also... What else did we do? Oh, we had a fun little clued up mystery game downtown. Yes. That was very fun. Can I tell them about that? Yeah, so it was through a company called Clued Up, and you walked around. It was Vancouver downtown, and you used your phone as a uh, game map. It's it was kind of like that Pokemon Go oh, game yeah, that was really that popular. Back, yeah. So like you can see things that obviously aren't in the real world on your phone. So you got to go up to witnesses and you could ask them questions. You had a certain amount of questions that you can use. You collected evidence and stuff and then you pretty much had to do the um, this person was the was the killer um, with this weapon and this motive. And of course it was the well actually I don't want to say because I think it they're still going on, right? But will they play it? Probably not. <laughs> um do it next it time. Server. Don't do it this one. Yeah, it, it turned out to be the uh ex exotic dancer turned classic nurse. Turned nurse. Oh, all of that is such um, a stereotype. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, it was we should have known, but it was um, really we did fun. know. Yeah. I knew from the very beginning. Yeah, I was like, as soon as it was like, yeah, as soon as it was the fucking stripper, it was like, it's this bitch. She has yeah. a vendetta against Disney. all men. A hundred percent. Um, but no, it was a lot of fun. We probably spent the, we spent a good part of the morning doing that. And then, um, there was prizes for like best photo and stuff like that, mm-hmm. which we did not win. I know, which we should have won. Honestly, um, fair. And then we went for lunch. It was a really nice day actually. Yeah. And it was like the perfect weather for it. Um, but we a hundred percent would have won if we had just, put in our answer when I said the answer was, but I know you want to keep playing the game, so I respect that you made us losers. Anyway, um, speaking of photos, winning for photos, we just did a really fun photo shoot with my girlfriend at that beautiful Loft Gardens place, and I think we got some really good ones for... Um, God, I hope so. I swear to God, we better have. Um, for the podcast... So hopefully with this episode coming out is a very, very cute photo of us for the new season. And if there is not, then you know that they would trash. (laughs) We suck at life. Speaking of looking 
good. Uh, <laughs> okay, yes. We're going to be hopeful. Um, my hair transformation is pretty much complete. I've gotten to the blonde Thank I want. Lord, <laughs> help me. I Oh my God, it's been like a year and X amount of months now. Um, going through like dye job after dye job. I finally got to the ashy blonde I wanted. I threw in some extensions because I missed my length. The little clip-ins so I can throw them in for work and photo shoots. And I am loving it, if I do say so myself. Yeah, I've had quite the hair transformation too. Yes, you have. I've gone uh, very full bisexual. I don't know if it's like very lesbian you or very English page boy you. It's a little bit of uh, that mixed with really a showing tiny German boy. Yeah, <laughs> um, yeah no, I'm, I'm kind of loving it though. And obviously I have my uh, hair for work. So it's just been kind of nice in my... Uh, private life to be able to rock something so different mm-hmm. and so easy to to maintain. Yeah, you know, you pull it off really well. Yeah, thank and you. it seems like it's just fun also to have two very different vibes for like you can feel a party or feel the gig and then yes, work accordingly. Yeah, so I've worked three gigs with my short hair now, and it was a real hit at the first one and the second one. Actually, it went down really well. What happened to the third one? The third one was <laughs> so fine. like who brought the boy? No, no, the the third one it was fine. That was like I had five gigs in like yeah, you're a busy four days or something and I think I was just like lacking at that point so but yeah no it was really it was uh taken very well considering how um edgy I guess it looks mm-hmm. yeah and with all the driving, I've listened to more podcasts. So I'm currently listening to one called Once Upon a Time in the Valley. And it's about Tracy Lords, um, who was a very, very young, too young, um, underage porn star. And her story and I want to say the 80s porn scene. Um, so that's been interesting. Um, do I recommend it? I mean, it's it's not one of the ones where I'm, like, excited for every episode. Mm-hmm. You know, so I'm like, you're just listening because you put so much time and you got to com- commit to it. And, I mean, I do enjoy the, the topic, obviously, and, and learning about the older porn scene. I don't know. If I, I think it's just not my lifestyle of, like, drugs and drinking and partying and all that. So when they talk in depth about all these, like, wild party scenes and kind of, like, glamorize it, I feel like. Yeah. I'm like, cool. Anyway, like, it just doesn't interest me. But if you guys want to check it out, it's called Once Upon a Time in the Valley. And then I've also got onto the Morbid podcast because I love the true crime um, obsessed and all those ones. And people have been recommending Morbid to me. And I'm really, really enjoying Morbid. I like the two uh, ladies that do it. They have really good chemistry and good voices. So I've been enjoying those as well. Yeah, I um, I was definitely a true crime fanatic. Um Fanatic. Fanatic? Fanatic. 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 Not a word, fanatic. (laughs) Um, But I started listening to a podcast that's a little bit lighter, a little bit more fun, uh, called The Villain Was Right. And it's two comedians from Canada. I believe they are from Toronto or somewhere in the sort of um, Ontario area. But they basically go through popular TV and movies and discuss it from the villain's point of view and if they were really that bad. So they've done things like Mean Girls and Legally Blonde and Friends and um, Ferris Bueller's Day Off was one that they did. And it's just kind of a fun way to listen to a movie that you have seen but then from a different perspective. Uh, so if you're kind of into something 
pretty easygoing, pretty uplifting. That's always a fun one. Uh, but speaking of podcasts, we have been on several lately. We have been very busy. So busy. We haven't been recording for this one, but we've yeah. been recording for we cheat on other you ones. <laughs> all the other podcasts. Um, which ones have we hit up lately? We've been. We've done Shameless <sighs> Sex, True Romance, Candy Girl. What am I? What am I missing? We did Stripper Stories. Yes, that was that was, that was season three. I think three. that was before. Yep. We did Turn Me On. Yeah, also season we three. We did the Hush podcast. And then we did the uh, True Romance, which was, I really, really enjoyed True Romance, and I really, really enjoyed Shameless Sex. We haven't gone on Candy Girl, but we are supposed to be. Speaking of being guests on podcast, we have some really awesome guests lined up for this season. We have uh, Shameless Sex. Amy is coming on. We were on hers and spoke with her, so she came on ours and spoke with us on ours, and it's a really interesting interview, so you guys are really going to love that. That's coming up next episode. We also have Miss Giggles, who is a fat activist, and I'm super excited for that one. Uh, Eva Bloom is education, um, a sex educator and just a very knowledgeable individual, so that was a great episode. Air Force Amy is coming up, and um, we have your bachelor friend, mm-hmm. and we have a bunch more. We have like 12 interviews so far lined up. Well, I'm sure we'll squeeze in more because... You know, as the as the season goes on, we think, oh my gosh, I want this person on, or this person reached out to us, and we're like, fuck yeah, we gotta make room. Yeah. So, you guys have a lot of amazing guests to look forward to this season, and we are super excited to sit with them and talk with them all because we really tried to get a good array of of um, of sex work and body positivity and sexuality and, and the whole kind of gamut. Yeah. The whole, the whole, the whole, the damn whole thing. nine yards, whole damn thing. What else is new? Okay, so this is something I have recently been coming across a lot on social media, and I have not really talked to you about it because I want to save it for the pod, which is something I try to do. I try not to – I mean, we talk all fucking day every day. I so I really try to not bring up certain things because like, I want to keep it for the podcast, and it's yeah. very hard for me not to talk to you about everything and okay. everything. So you get my natural reaction. Okay. <laughs> um, okay, so Exotic. The term exotic apparently is something that we are not supposed to be using anymore. And I, I've i been seeing it a lot all over social media. And one of the ones that I thought broke it down was, very well was this Instagram called at underscore Kitty Valer. And they, so this is what the caption kind of, they, they, um, they have like the text picture saying the history of the word exotic. This was posted on May 20th and her caption is, so with things starting to open up again and going back to pole studios and classes, I thought I would update and reshare this infographic I made back in February and the history and origin of the word exotic in relation to strippers and pole dance. The old infographic is still up as I know a lot of people had it saved. And obviously, like, we can't use the word exotic on Instagram anyways. You have to like use like, you know, like our sneaky ways of saying things. Yeah, yeah. Um, because she was saying that she's had a lot of questions of people saying, you know, have you seen the infographics of the word exotic? Why do you choose the word exotic to describe classes? Um, and so the, her little kind of infographic post 
goes on to say that in 19th century world fairs, so this is the history of the word exotic, um, and this is me quoting her post. The late 1800s was a pivotal time for the world. Things were changing. There was a boom in the world travel and thirst for experiencing, in quotes, exotic sights, sounds, and cultures with a rise in the world fair exhibitions across the globe. 1889, uh, the Universal Exposition in Paris created technological progress and glorified colonization in the French Empire. The most popularized attractions were a replica of a Javanese village and a street in Cairo, which was lined with cabarets featuring performers from Egypt, Morocco, Algeria, um, Algerian dancers. These shows would attract thousands of people in in a day. 1893, show producer Saul Bloom invited exotic dancers from Paris to the U.S. to be the part of the Chicago World Fair, where he created his own street in Cairo, in quotes. It was here that Syrian dancer Little Egypt and her troupe introduced their movement to the U.S. And then there's a, I want to say, Gawazi. I might be pronouncing that wrong. Also, are the indigenous professional dancers of Egypt who danced in return for money. They refused to dance for free, unlike the common habit among Egypt. They were eventually banished from Egypt for their low-class dancing, in quotes. Being the first half of the 19th century, descriptions and depiction of these dancers became famous in European um, Orientalism, and the style was described as belly dance from the 1860s. So belly dancing is a westernized term for the Middle Eastern-style dances. With further information about belly dance, there was a deep fascination with the exotic in the 19th century, um, the voluptuous body, the open sexuality of a corset woman, and the exotic attraction of the unknown, and the mysterious eroticism of the North African coast made belly dance. So yeah, so it goes on to say that, you know, belly dance gave us the, um, the hip movements, the body waves, the ripples, the rolls that characterize erotic pole dance today. Belly dance pushed burlesque from parody to a bump and grind to strip tease, stripping, and then pole dancing. All these styles share a rich and fascinating history that should be celebrated. And then it goes on to cultural appropriation. 1890s show producers noticed how wildly popular exotic dances were, and thus exotic dance acts began popping up in the major stages of many European capitals. 1893, Oscar Wilde created uh, Solon and her famous Dance of the Seven Veils, which was heavily influenced by or- um, Orientalism. It swept European capitals where femme fatales were uh, shedding veils on stage. Um, the dancers began donning exotic and skimpy costumes and adopting foreign music, replicating the movements of Egyptians, um, Arab, Turkish, Persian, Hindu dancers. Um, these imitations were not culturally accurate and did not respect the authenticity of the cultures they were taking, they were taking from. It encouraged ethnic stereotyping and fetishization, allowing audiences to regard unfamiliar cultures as a form of entertainment. In burlesque, uh, POC dancers were referred to as, in quotes, exotic others. Burlesque shows were strictly segregated, and POC dancers did not have access to the same opportunities and economic success as their white counterparts. We go into the 1950s. The term exotic dance distinguished Western dances from dances of foreign cultures. These were the dances that were of colonized people thought to be primitive, wild, and barbaric. Although they had a partially erotic component, this um, exoticism still coincided with the graphic, geographic definition of the term. 1950s, in quotes, exotic dance first referred to a subtype of striptease in the early part of the decade, but eventually became synonymous with, synonym, synonymous with striptease in general. In the late 1950s, the term exotic dance had lost its geographic reference and had become a euphemism for striptease in the words of modern stripper, in quotes, exotic dance is just a stupid expression used by girls who don't want to admit they're strippers. 
Some dancers felt that exotic dance sounded classier than striptease because it did not suggest the removal of clothing to music, but it's also possible that exotic dance was used because anything with the word strip in it would alert the police, into, or in today's case, Instagram. So that's kind of, you know, the background to it and the history that she gives us in uh, kitty underscore velour Instagram. And then why does it matter? So why are they even talking about this? So the first point is that linguistically exotic is not correct. It doesn't make sense in reference to pole dance. It does not accurately describe what you are doing. Alternatives are sensual, sexy, heels, slinky, etc. Number two, if you have never worked as a sex worker or stripper, you also should not be using the term exotic dancer to describe yourself. It is not a term that belongs to you. Number three, the word exotic is a word with a lot of colonial patriarchal baggage and when applied to a person is ethnocentric and racist. It defines people of color only as we relate to white people. It implies a state of otherness or foreign origin. And the first exotic dancer displayed as a way to celebrate imperialism and imperialism was a white man's game. Number four, the pole industry has a history of whitewashing. People of color contributions to our industry are not credited or even acknowledged. And even though all the original exotic dancers were people of color, if you search hashtag exotic pole dance, you will see largely white dancers, which is ironic. This is white privilege, she says. And then there's two more points she makes here. Number five, the pole industry also has a history of often trying to omit its stripper origins. In the 1950s, exotic dance became known as striptease, but it's often used incorrectly and taken out of context with non-strippers claiming they are exotic dancers. This has also been used as a way to legitimize the dance form, i.e. it's not stripping, it's exotic dance. We need to ditch these hierarchy ideas. And then number six, continuing to blend the exotic with the erotic is harmful. Colonialist viewed exotic dancers and their erotic movements as animalistic, barbaric, and inferior. You may argue that was then, and it's not the case now, but exoticism is still a problem for the people of color in the form of racial stereotyping, discrimination, ostracization, and fetishization, i.e., in quotes, yellow fever. The word still holds weight for people of color and can feel dehumanizing, and if we want to make our industry more inclusive and attract more BIPOC to our classes, then we need to seriously examine the language we use. So that's yeah does it have a suggestion of kind of what to use instead like is it are we supposed to be using erotic dancer so yeah she says here um that it doesn't actually describe what you're doing that alternatives are sensual sexy heels slinky and i guess you can say erotic as well yeah i because we've had this conversation before about how we introduce what we do depending on the person so we've talked about how stripper is kind of a um it, it comes with a lot of baggage, right? Like, as you kind of pointed out reading that thing, um, you say it's strip, it automatically means you're starting to get naked, which is kind of brash for people who aren't in the industry. Um, I just don't think uh, slinky, I'm a slinky dancer. I'm a slinky dancer. Hey, what do you do for work? I'm a slinky dancer. <laughs> yeah, well, I mean, she made another post here on uh, June 22nd or 21st. And she's talking about sex work language. Um, she says that she talks about class titles, so different classes, and how you can see you can have exotic dancer, Russian, you can say other things. Um, sexy, she says, is a good one. Heels. Um, other phrases, chrome riders, fast and fabulous, hells and heels, floor fuckery, serpentine slinkery, vixen vibe, sensual siren. 
Uh, what else does she say here? Obviously that non-sex workers should not be using sex work vocabulary for personal or financial gain, which yes, we have said that many, yes. many times. Um, that it's, it's a huge issue. That, what else does she say here? She says that if you really want to learn um, like sexual dancing and that, you should learn it from a stripper and non-sex worker instructors should encourage this kind of practice instead of trying to take ownership, which I completely agree. Um, and then she talks about the erotic and she says, in my opinion, erotic is not also not a better replacement for exotic. Okay, there we go. So we are conceptualized language differently, but I think most of us will agree or understand the following. Erotic is the most explicit form of sexuality, being more extreme than sexy or sensual. It conjures the idea of sexual contact or stimulation. Um, it's not representative of what others do. Erotic dance is certainly a thing and something many strippers partake in, but again, this is not something that is taught in studios. We may teach you how to dance and touch yourself sensually, but we are not teaching you how to caress your nipples and execute a stunning pussy spread for viewing pleasure. Um, she says that using this word could also appropriate those that work in erotic industries is offensive and adjacent. I don't know. What you, what, how do you think about that? I mean, I agree with the use of exotic dancer. Mm-hmm. Um, I completely understand that. Erotic, I think that maybe that's not a word that you should put on people like you should maybe what like you shouldn't be calling someone else an erotic dancer but I think if it's a word that you want to use for yourself that reflects what you do for work then I feel like that makes sense but I I also could be wrong yeah I mean I totally understand what they're saying about exotic a hundred percent um the term exotic itself kind of makes, like, it does definitely have this concept of otherness Mm -hmm. um, that you're not, like, in quotes, the normal. Yeah. Um, So I I totally understand that. Um, Do, have I thought about it really in depth before this? No. Um, But I I get where she's coming from. Um, But with erotic, to me, erotic and sensual are synonyms. Erotic doesn't necessarily, to me, mean, like, you're, as she says, touching your nipples or spreading your pussy lips. Like, that's not how I view erotic. Erotic, um, I think, like, to me, erotic and sensual are very similar, in my mind. I wouldn't say, for me, sensual and erotic are the same. I would say more sexy and erotic are the same. And sensual is sort of a, a softer... Mm-hmm. version of that but yeah. it's, it, I feel like that's just uh, I think a lexical like, thing yeah. is like how you uh judge words yeah right? I don't know if I have an issue with non-sex workers using the term erotic if that's what they are teaching although again I do believe that sex workers should be teaching sex worker moves and things like that and like mm-hmm. and stripping and stuff because I don't believe in non-stripper non-sex workers monetizing and and um advertising and benefiting off sex workers work yeah but yeah definitely something to think about um i've been sitting on that for a little bit um and i wanted to discuss but i could not another thing i again listen to my podcast i listen to you up and all that obviously i've got talked about it um quite a bit on our podcast there is a thing called um you know, obviously, like, when you buy a matchmaker, you use a matchmaker services, and they had a matchmaker on, and they talked about that. I was like, and, like, Tinder? <laughs> yeah, and they're like an actual matchmaker, Okay, right? yeah, yeah. And she has... Okay, first off, do you think you'd ever use a matchmaker? Oh, 
hmm, uh, how do they work? Like, they can only match you up with other people that have requested to be matched up? Yes, I believe so. I don't think they, like, poach huh. people. Interesting. I don't know. Maybe they do. Maybe it's different for each matchmaker. Yeah, yeah. Um, look, I feel the way about matchmakers as I do about those single speeding dates. Like, yes, I think it would be very fun to go and try it out. And this is so just painting the broadest stroke with one brush. I'm pretty sure that's not the saying, but we're going to go with it. Is I'm not sure if I would want to date someone who did that. Savage. <laughs> like, so, of so hypocritical of me. Yes. Absolutely. Um, and it's probably so wrong. Like, I feel like if a guy's like, fuck yeah, I want to try out this speed dating thing, then actually we would get along very much. Um, but just in theory... Maybe if I was older, maybe yeah. if it was just like, I can understand not wanting to use dating apps and thinking of like a fun way to try and it's, I guess it's kind of like being set up on a blind date. You know, if you have a friend that's like, oh, I have this friend that you would be really into. And then they set you up on a date. Like, I don't, that's kind of not any different than a matchmaker, right? Yeah. You just don't know the matchmaker as much as you do a friend. Yeah. But, but they know everything about you that and exactly what you're looking for in a partner and they find that partner for you as opposed to like I feel like a lot of friends are just like you're single and lonely and this person's single and yeah. lonely I mean I feel like it's like similar to like getting like a real estate agent to help you find a house here are all the things I'm looking for yeah. you have a more a bigger pool of houses to look at and more access to them like go find because yeah. go find a house for me and, and I'll pick if it matches my you know criteria um, do you I think, think that would put too much pressure on that relationship to work then? No, because I don't think it's like, you know, you get three months free if you make it past, you know, your, your trial period or something. You know, like, I don't think, I don't, I, I don't think I would feel that way. I just mean, like, if you are set up with someone who is like, if you write I down think I'd all feel the more pressure that you a friend want. that sent me up. Okay, I can see that. But also, the like, matchmaker doesn't give a fuck. No, 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 but she I just mean, like, if, if you've really found someone that's like it ticks all of your boxes and it still doesn't work out. Like, Is it where, do you, where do you go? Yeah. You have to do some self-reflection yeah. and I am not about that. It's working out for or that. dying. <laughs> I didn't pay for self-reflection. I paid for you to do the work for me. Yeah, uh, yeah no, fuck that. I, don't think, I think I'd be more, feel more obligated if it was a friend that set me up. Because if we broke out, I feel like, is it awkward for the friend? No. As opposed to the matchmaker, such like a removed third party. Right. Um, but then this matchmaker part two of my question had a rule that you couldn't have sex with a person or anything like intimate um is for 12 date rule and that she said that she had like certain like little rules so she said that within that 12 date um some of them can be um phone or zoom dates okay but they have to be a minimum of 20 minutes each and um at least three of those 12 dates have to be face to face I've had a lot of, like, relationship coaches and uh, love coaches and stuff like that on the TikToks. Um, on the ticket tacks uh, Talking about this kind of thing. And they, they all vary in how many dates, how many days, how many weeks, whatever it is. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, I think that if you're going to go to a matchmaker and you want to give it the best chance to work to see if you're actually compatible, then... Yeah, I would obviously follow those, um, I guess, guidelines or rules. 
I think it would like create some hot sexual tension. But then I just think my other worry is that my god, my street is busy as fuck. We finally record and y'all out. Yeah. Need an ambulances. Yeah. <laughs> Die quietly, please. Please. Uh, no, I actually really had that person's okay though. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> um, I feel like if I waited 12 fucking eights and put that much time and energy and then the yeah. sex was bunk, Bad. I'd be more pissed off. I know. But also that being said, I honestly don't really know. I mean, I've had good first time sex with people. Yeah. But it's always better. The when you're with someone. yeah, the sex changes the style of sex, intimacy. I feel you know, like all that. the sex always gets better as your feelings grow towards someone as mm-hmm. well. So maybe, maybe would I don't know. It's true though. I feel like not kissing. Oh yeah, is, uh, you is need something really to kind difficult. Of judge yeah, because also, what if they're a really shit kisser? Oh, I fucking, I'm like that bad doesn't kissers. get better just because you love no. someone. <laughs> but to me, honestly, like me, it's because I have big ass lips that like <laughs> a, a small lips will never be good kissers. In my opinion, I've kissed small lip people and like I've trained them to the best of my ability. Do but you then think also, that they big think lip that people, about you as well. Like you're kind of drowning them. Are you just sad because you have small lips? I, you saw, feel <laughs> I saw your face drop down. I looked down at your lips and you're like, I like immediately, uh, <laughs> like, fuck you, my little lips. Um, no, because I kiss big lip people and they don't really have to do, we don't really do a lot for it to feel good. Because you're just like, you're like, you're falling onto pillows. Oh my God. <laughs> but do you love. think it's the difference between the sizes? I don't know. Maybe. Like I guess, yeah, maybe you if I had. had like fillers. Yeah. I know I that never you had, had like, like quite big lips. Yeah, I never really had small lips. I always had like bigger lips. Yeah, but but obviously not as big as I have now, but I don't know. I maybe yeah, maybe you're like better fitted, like thin ass yeah. lip people. Yeah, yeah. Should with stick thin with thin ass lips. Exactly. <laughs> but yeah, I love I love kissing big lips. Um yeah. Interesting. But yeah, kissing is a ugh, some people cannot kiss for shit. No. Ugh, like, what are you doing with your tongue? Oh my god, the I baby just, bird is the worst. Ugh, when it just like jumps in. Yeah. Like, ugh, ugh, ugh. <laughs> I also, in honestly, oh I, I'm not a big fan of making out at all. I don't make out a lot, to be honest. No. I feel like I'd much rather, like, there's other things I find much more sensual than making out, like a light, like touching, like mm-hmm. touching, like the, the, like, thighs or like the like back the like neck or like kissing the neck and like kissing the collarbone like all of that is so much more attractive to me than like you know definitely I'm just like high school when like making out was the big thing I never kissed anyone until I was 18 okay well for us for the cool people for the hoors. <laughs> um, there was just like so much tongue in my younger years. And now if someone tries to like. When you said yeah, all I heard was so much tongue in my ears. Younger. <laughs> in my <laughs> ears? Yeah. I was like, ew. Yeah. No, but probably, but probably that too. Gross. Yeah. Um, yeah, I didn't kiss anyone. I like like longer kisses, I guess. But I don't like full on like. Aggressive. Making out tongue down the throat. Yeah, I don't really like French kissing and stuff. Yeah. I think there's a, like, my favorite type of kissing is, like, 
alternating top and bottom lip and then like biting on the bottom lip. Yeah, yeah. Like very well, something's a little too hard. I made my man bleed before, but um, <laughs> I made really aggressive. Um, I know I <laughs> was having sex and I bit his chest and he's like a you, like he, he's a bigger guy, all tattied up, right? And like, <laughs> so it's a good thing because you can never see all the marks yeah, on yeah. him, but. Um, I, like, bit his chest, and we were in missionary. And he was, like... And we were, like, very passionately having sex. Yeah. <laughs> and he was, like, stop. He's, like, ow! <laughs> like, yeah, I like, moan. I was, like, oh, yeah, ow, oh, yeah, ow. Ow, ow. ow. <laughs> Imagine sounding that fucking ow, ow, ow. <laughs> Do you think that's um, what Cardi B sounds like? Ow. <laughs> Oh, stop me. Oh, oh wow. Okay. Oh, oh, <laughs> my big ass lips. Okay. <laughs> oh. Um, yeah, no, I, that was funny. He was like, ow. And I was like, okay, go, go. sorry, continue. <laughs> like, I'm sorry. Um, <laughs> but yeah, I, um, yeah, I can't be fucked to, um, to kiss small ass lips or have anyone's tongue all up in my mouth. So, um, Yeah. But back to the original question, um, I would probably use a matchmaker if I needed one because I... If I needed one. If I, if I needed one, like other people do. Like, what is the point where you need a matchmaker? I think as you get older, or you just... I think a lot of these matchmakers are wealthier people that don't have the fucking time to date around. And mm-hmm. they're like, hey, I want X, Y, and Z. Same yeah. as, like, someone... like Think of it like personal shopping. Yeah. Like, using yeah, yeah. a personal shopper and be like, hey, go get what I need. Go get me a girlfriend. Go get me this bitch. Yeah. <laughs> go get me that dick with that money. <laughs> That personal. I'm my personal shopper. That too. Um, so with matchmaker, the twelve date rule, like I'm all for. I don't care for casual sex. I I could totally do without it for years on end. I much rather have sex than I generally give a fuck about. So I'm totally okay having twelve dates and never having them touch me. Yeah, actually, I was definitely always the person that would go home with um, the guy or gal like a couple dates in. Does it surprise anyone? <laughs> no. But it is that kind of like if the sex isn't good, mm-hmm. then 100%. then it's kind of like a no a no brainer for me. Like it's not really something. And also, a lot of the time, I was just looking for casual sex. Um, but with my current partner, we started chatting while he was still in Ontario, and they weren't face to face dates. But you know, we would video call or we would do that uh, Netflix party. Um, so we kind of had like a lot of, like, I would say that we probably had 12 dates before we ended up sleeping together and it's worked out so far. You know, it's funny I say that is, but my three boyfriends, um, that actually like mattered, um, we like, <laughs> sorry, number four. <laughs> yeah. Out. Um, we all fucked the first time we hung out she's a whore you heard it here first i am a whore i had sex with three people <laughs> huge salute um but yeah and i'm one of them i know him for years anyways but i was like hey when you pick me up let's just go fuck bar real yeah. quick get it the fuck out of the way so we can actually enjoy this time because i fucking hate being on a date and you know the guy is just hoping like am i gonna get it in am i gonna get it in yeah it's like get it fucking in let's go let's do this let's and then let's out. have a good fucking date um then we dated for a while after that and then my um, my other boyfriend 
yeah, we were just drunk and we had sex. I didn't even remember having sex with them. And I was like, do we have sex? And I, I also had known him for, like, since we were, like, 15. Um, so it's not some, like, creepy guy I never met before. Yeah. Um, and he was like, yeah. I'm like, was it good? He's like, I thought so. <laughs> I was like, I'm cool Clearly you didn't. Like- yeah, and then we, like, instantly started dating. Um, so clearly the sex. <laughs> That's good. Uh, what else is on my little list of things? Yes, the just me or do you game that I posted on Instagram. <gasps> yes, I've been waiting for ages this. ago now. So I posted, hey, just me or do you, dot, 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 and opened it up to the listeners and to followers on Instagram, which we are almost at 10K. We probably will be in the next a few days here, I hope, um, which is awesome that's been our goal so we can get that fucking swipe up option i've been waiting for so thank you for listening thank you for following force all your friends to follow and rate and review and subscribe on apple Podcasts, please and thank you do it fucking now anyway so i posted on the instagram pause Pause it go do it go do it now Okay, come back. Uh, So we just said, just me or do you? So people wrote in and they said, hey, is it just me or do you, you know, I don't know, have sex dreams about your teacher? Is it just me or do you? Blah, blah, blah. (laughs) So um, I picked the top, I don't know, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight. Okay, drop got ten. So I I picked the top ten that I liked. So... Just me or do you love watching pro golf because the tee-offs in slow motion always show their junk swing? <laughs> I have never, but I will. Right? As, as I read this one, I was like, I, have, I never watch golf, but honestly, I might start now. Maybe we're going to be sports girls. Maybe my golf is going to be porn now. I'm here for it. We love sports. I love sports and stuff. Sports and... Sports and beer and, and dunking men things. the puck. Yeah, and scoring all the baskets. Yeah. Hockey. <laughs> Tries. <laughs> Go teams. I hope everyone has a good time. <laughs> I just want everyone to enjoy themselves. Okay, next one. Just me or do you, as female identifying, want to fuck gay guys? Well, why do I always seemingly love rejection? I'm sorry, one more time. Just me, or do you, as a female identifying, want to fuck gay guys? Lol, why do I seemingly always love rejection? I feel like, and this is so stereotypical, but I feel like, well, gay guys are just a lot more relatable in the masses, and I think for a woman, that makes you feel understood and emotionally like your emotional needs are met. Yeah. And, it's and also a, they're like the men that aren't going to try to rape and kill you like most likely. Exactly. <laughs> so Ooh. you feel safer around them probably too. Yeah. And being feeling safe around someone is very attractive. No, for sure. I think that having all your emotional needs met and having, you know, still a masculine or man sort of presence, I can definitely see how that is very attractive. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So you're not alone. Uh, next one, just me or do you touch your vagina, vulva to be specific, non-sexually for comfort, especially in the morning when you're lying in bed? Yes, absolutely I do. A hundred percent, which is funny because the reason I like this game is because it's nice to be like, oh, what? I'm not the only person. Like literally before I go to bed or while I'm falling asleep, I always like hold, not even like intentionally. Yeah. More often than not, I notice that I'm like covering my vagina or like holding my vagina. Maybe that's me being like, no ghost can penetrate <laughs> me. But, well, but yeah. Because guys do the same thing they hold with their, their balls. And yeah. Their... I wonder why if it's like, a, yeah, if it's like a yeah. protective thing or if it's like enjoyment. 
I think for me it's more like protection, to be honest. Just like guarding it. But I, I also it, I also constantly cover my boobs. I don't think it has any sort of like I don't think it's protection or uh anything like that for me. I think it's just like comfortable. Interesting. Interesting. So you're not alone. Just me or do you talk to yourself when you're alone? Oh yeah. I talk to myself all fucking day long. All day, every day. Talk to my fucking self. People, even when the people, I'm not even alone. I'm like beside someone. I'm like blah, 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 blah. And they're like, what? I'm like, uh, sorry, are you interrupting me with me? <laughs> are you interrupting me and me? Um, I talk to myself all the fucking time, which I've read a lot is a sign of extreme intelligence. Okay. <laughs> Just saying. Um, <laughs> me and myself. Yeah, I kind of whispered to myself a little bit. I don't really, I don't talk out loud all the time. But I'll, I'll think about things like I'll talk to myself and then do really like heavy sighs about something that I said to myself. And then everyone's like, what's wrong? And I'm like, oh, me. <laughs> just me and me. <laughs> Classic me. Is just me or do you develop little crushes on girls you work with? Yeah. Let it go. It's not <laughs> happening for us. <laughs> um, I, like, I think so. Like not in a sexual... Or like romantic way, like I wouldn't it's like actually crush appreciation. Exactly, like I wouldn't actually pursue them if I was single. But yeah, I think it's a yeah an appreciation and a understanding of like their attractiveness and their attractiveness. Yeah, as I think a especially because we're working in an industry where women are typically presenting themselves in their most attractive, physical, mental, whatever kind yeah. of way, right? The so, oozing sexuality. Oh, my God. <laughs> oh, oh, oh. Um, oh, oh, oh. <laughs> that sound was we just made. Okay. Good job. I can't even remember our stupid sounds now. There's too many. Um, yes, I think that probably plays a role in it. Plus, we literally, like, watch girls think of themselves. <laughs> so, like, I mean, you're watching live porn all the time. Yeah. Like, obviously, you're going to acknowledge that someone's attractive. And I also just generally enjoy watching women come into their own and owning their sexuality and their sensuality and their bodies and making men pay for them. So yeah. all of that, I'm like, yes, girl. Like, everything it's you're doing, hot. I'm here yeah. for it. Turning me on, let's do this. Um, have I ever had, like, a proper crush on a girl I worked with? Uh, Riley's fingers are crossed. <laughs> She's like, hi, <laughs> me. Um, please, 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 Oh, yes. Years ago, there is this beautiful French woman that I used to work with who is a lesbian, and her and her girlfriend also worked with me, and they were both absolutely fucking stunning. And they're, I had crushed on with them. And then they broke up, and I was like, my time to shine. <laughs> and then I got Here I come. I'm out and yeah. But, um, and then, then yeah, they, I went with a man. Ugh, mistakes were made. I know. I, um, I actually... <laughs> did have a crush on a, a girl I worked with as well at Brandy's. I was one of the wait- waitresses. You know who you are. Oh, Jesus. This is not your dating show. Stop. <laughs> no, no, no. It's just we've had this, like, kind of, like, banter about it. Um, but, yes, I have. I have had a crush on someone I work with. Hmm. Interesting. We will talk about this later. Uh, okay. Just me or do you get hornier if you consume more water slash fluid? I would never know. I'm always dehydrated. 
girl, I like, told you, did I, I can't remember if I mentioned this on the pod, that I was getting my blood work done, and she, like, literally was pinning both my arms for, like, 20 minutes trying to get blood out, and no blood would come. And she's like, are you severely dehydrated? I was like, maybe. <laughs> and does the sunshine, like, <laughs> yes, forever permanently dehydrated. Which is hilarious, because we live in a world, where, like, we're lucky enough to live in a place where there's free and healthy drinking water, and we're like, no, thank you. <laughs> I'd no. rather slowly kill myself in dehydrated state. I've always been bad at drinking, uh, especially water. So, sorry, to answer, you might be all on your own there, but I just don't. I mean, we're with you, but I just don't keep track. Yeah, of, I know, just don't drink water. Maybe that'll be a good excuse for me to drink more water. Yeah, get hornier. Okay, just me, or do you pick your nose and wipe the boogers somewhere other than a tissue? I'm mortified. Girl, that's just you. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry that, yeah, that's not... You gotta do it. You gotta do the tissue. Yeah, that's not a me thing. I'm sorry. Like, so you just have, like, crusties all over your I know. I, and I do adore this girl. She's written on before, and I just was like, oh, no. <laughs> it's just you, girl. <laughs> but I appreciate how bold you were to share that with us. Um, and I'm sure, there are, I'm sure there are. You're probably not alone. It's just we're not on that team with you. Next one. Just me or do you... Or, sorry, I should say, just me or have you slept with a client slash guy and then realized he looks like your dad? I've never. No. I've de- we have definitely come across people who look like my father at work. Yes. I remember you pointed out being like, that's my dad. <laughs> um, but then I just uh, steer clear of them, really. Yeah, I don't. I've never seen, I don't even think just, like, in the world in general, I've seen a guy that looks like my dad. I feel like my dad has a very, like, generic yes, he does, yes. dad look. Yeah, my dad doesn't really. No. Yeah. Yeah. No, I've never seen a guy that looks like my dad. Yeah. My dad's a little enigma. Um, next and last one, just me or do the clients who ask the most questions about content never really want or slash end up buying anything obviously always the fucking case as we were just saying at the beginning of this podcast like it's always the guy who's demanding the most that's paying the least a thousand percent so a hundred a hundred a hundred percent no you're not alone it's always those goofs who ask a million fucking questions try to barter with price and then all of a sudden ghost and you're like dope fuck you if you want the most pay the most yeah it's really not rocket science here Alrighty, the first listener questions of season four. Here we go. At Feminist. So this is um, not actually a question. It's just a suggestion someone sent at Feminist Instagram. This whole page made me wonder if you can have a historian on your podcast, one who has studied feminism. Maybe I already missed the episode. Sorry if this is a suggestion to repeat. No, I don't think I've ever had a historian um, on on the podcast but call out to anyone who knows a historian who studied feminism that i could bring on the podcast because that's a great fucking idea and thank you for the suggestion yes uh sidebar yes did you just do that huge introduction to listener questions to not have a listener question yes i did carry on (laughs) as we were (laughs) and this one is a question slash update hey danica here are a few updates on that situation So I finally met and provided full service for the guy I told you about. Woohoo. So this is a throwback to season three. I believe she's written in once or twice before. She was 
I think it was, if I remember correctly, it was a guy she worked with or a guy she kind of knew. And her partner had said A-OK to her having a relationship outside the... It was the open relationship, and she had seen him and then didn't really want to continue that, but was interested in doing full service and wanted to... Ask for payment, yeah. Yeah, and wanted to uh, proposition him for that, right? Yeah, 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 exactly. And she asked us how we could do that. We gave her some tips on how she had the conversation with him. Um, She had the conversation with him, and now she's updating us again, which I love. People that write in that have questions or telling us a story or their situation... Fuck, write us in more and tell us where you're at. We like to um, be kept in the loop. This yeah. is this is we're involved now. You've involved us. <laughs> we want season two, three, and four as well. Yeah. <laughs> we are providing for you. Provide for us. Okay, so it goes. Hi, Danica. Here are a few updates on that situation. So I finally did it. We met and I provided full service. Woohoo. He came over to my place. We naturally chatted as we were drinking some whiskey. I danced for him, which is a little more of a gift to myself as I love dancing. Gave him a blowjob. We had full sex. It was good. But I did bleed, which is weird because I'm not starting my period soon and it wasn't painful. None of us came, but we stopped because we were tired. We lied in the bed to to wind down. I performed another dance. That was just me initiating it. We kept chatting and I showed him my films. Then, before he left, because I had stuff to do, he asked me if there was a chance that we could have sex again now, and I said no. So it was awesome. It lasted longer than I expected, but I didn't mind it because we get along so well. We got good chats, and I love dancing. Then I messaged him yesterday to tell him that my roommates are gone for a little longer, so to let me know if he'd like to meet up again. He answered that he really loves hanging out with me, but the money puts a damper on the experience for him, and that he confirmed for himself that he's hiring a sex worker isn't really for him. He says that he... Still love for us to be friends, etc. And he ended up say, by saying the sex was awesome, but that he didn't want to pay for it anymore. So yeah, that's too bad. I'm not quite sure what to make of this. Do you have any suggestions? I might just answer. I might just answer to this and let him reach out again if he has filming writing projects he need help with, or I don't really know. But for sure, not letting myself have sex with him again without paying because that would be very odd for me to do. Question mark. This is I like that. It would be odd for me to do. Right. Right. <laughs> right. No, I would never. This is a bit of a weird situation. I don't care for him that much, but I don't want to tarnish a friendly relationship with someone who is a creative pal. Let me know what you think, if that's cool with you. Be well, gorgeous. I mean, I think that if you asked a lot of guys to pay for sex, there is a large population who are not into it. And that's completely fine. And I think it is great of him that he was like yeah you know what let's try this experience and I think it's also fair of him to be like hey I don't want to do this anymore and at least he didn't ask for it for free yeah but I think the funny thing is the guy's gonna be like yeah I'm totally cool with everything we did except me giving you money then it's not about hiring a sex for that problem they literally just think they are entitled to free shit because they're enjoy- it's not like she made it super transactional. Yeah. I don't understand if she had made it very transactional. He's like, hey, that very transactional thing is not what I want. I want the girlfriend experience. But when yeah. someone's like, hey, I love everything we do. Can we do the exact same thing? But I don't want to pay for it. It's not the paying for the sex issue. It's literally they just think sex should be free for them, in my opinion. Okay, maybe I'm reading it wrong then. Because the way I heard it is, hey... That was fun. The experience is not for me. If you if you want to be friends and take the whole sex thing off the table. No, no, no. I think he's saying, um, let's just go back here. He's saying, because um, he asked for sex again, blah, blah, blah. And then he said that um, he likes hanging out, but the money puts a damp on the experience. Um, he says he'd still love for us to be friends, et cetera, et cetera. And he ended up saying sex was great, but you just don't want to pay for it anymore. I guess to me that sounds like... I mean, yes, I can see where you're coming from, but to me that just sounds like, 
hey, it was really fun. The sex was great. It's not really my thing. Let's just be friends. Mm, to me, it's like the sex was great, blah, blah, blah. Paying wasn't, I don't want to pay anymore. Okay. Can we do it again without me paying? Oh, okay. Well, yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm reading that differently. Um, okay, well, firstly, the first thing she said about the bleeding, I think it's completely normal to randomly bleed sometimes post-sex, even if it doesn't hurt. Um, it's just, it's happened to me before many times. Um, you know, obviously just make sure you're using protection, especially with new partners to ensure your sexual health. And if you are bleeding and that's very abnormal for you after sex, go get tested because certain STIs and that can cause you to bleed. Um, so you might have a situation going on down there. Um, more often than not, it's just, you know, just the friction or whatever can cause, cause little rips or bleeding, but never, never hurts to get tested. Um, and secondly, good for you for standing your ground on the only one service rule. Um, especially someone new in the, new in the industry, especially with someone you're, you're friends with, it can be hard to stand that ground. Um, so, so good for you for standing by that. And Riley and I speak for Riley as well. We are very proud of you. Yeah. And I'm glad that you had a good time as well. I think that a lot of people do not have, uh, or from what I've heard, don't have the best, uh, first experiences with that Mm -hmm. sort of thing. So I think it's really great that you had such a positive one and yeah. Mm Mm-hmm. And like I said, like with regards to him saying that, like, I know money put a damper on it. I think that's a total lie. Um, he said the sex was good, and he just like every other guy is trying to get the most from a woman. Um, in this case, sex for the least. He doesn't want to pay for it. So, um, like like you did, I would stand my ground and I would say that it's money and sex or neither, and just ignore the ridiculous request. Um, and I bet you honestly, eventually he will come back around. Uh, and. Yeah, he, he'll probably probably end up paying you. And if he doesn't, that's too bad for him. It's, it's no loss for you. Uh, other men, honestly, will worship you and want to pay and happily will do so. It's honestly like going to a restaurant, um, eating a great meal, and then going to the chef and being like, oh, the food just has, tastes better for me when it's, you know, made with love and for free. Yeah. <laughs> can, you, can you make that exact meal but not, not even pay for it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like, no, go the fuck home, make your own craft dinner. Uh, <laughs> So, yeah, so sex work is work, and, and the clients need to treat it as such. So good for you for standing your ground. Um, fuck this guy who doesn't want to pay. <laughs> and as for, you know, tarnishing the friendship, uh, you have every right to have boundaries, and which you've expressed him. Uh, you know, you said, you know, pay me for intimacy, or we don't have intimacy. And he's the one who is now asking to kind of change those boundaries. So, like, in order to place him and his wall. So if keeping your boundaries in place, in quotes, like, tarnishes the friendship, then he isn't a friend. No, 100%. So, so, uh, yeah. So, if he is someone who doesn't respect those boundaries, that's not a friend, I would drop him, and I would stand by that boundary of, you know, if we're having intimacy, there needs to be payment, and if there's no payment, then we're intimacy, no intimacy, and we're friends, and if he doesn't like that, then you guys are not friends, if he doesn't respect that, that boundary you've clearly laid out for him. But, yeah, and I hope that helps, and, you know, again, those are... Those are simply, like, my thoughts at the end of the day, and, you know, it's your body, it's your life, and I will never judge another woman for the decision she makes, uh, as long as it's not hurting herself or others, so. Yeah, I mean, I definitely know of women who have stopped charging their johns because they have fallen for them, and it's moved into more of a relationship. I'm just joking. No, but it it sounds like that that's not really your play here, or something that you're interested in, and so I don't think that... uh, changing your boundaries is is the move either like i think uh i really echo what danica just said okay next question a dancing question how much of what you do when you're at the club is rehearsed opposed to freestyle and do you pick your own music i think that's very dependent on whether you are a stage dancer or a uh vip dancer and very much from club to club 
For sure. Um, I would say from what I've... Like, I'm a VIP dancer. I don't do stage. Um, from what I have seen from the stage girls is that they have sort of combos and then they change the order of those combos. So it's not a set routine from A to B, but they do kind of do the same tricks in the same order and then like as a combination, but they'll change, like they do that one first and then a different one second, or they'll change it around or they'll do it at the end. So it's kind of just having things that when you can't freestyle or can't think of anything to freestyle, you have sort of moves to go into until you think of something else. Mm. Um, in terms of VIP, I feel like I very much do the same thing. I think I have some moves that work for me and I typically always start the same. Um, and then as I go through more songs and stuff, I do, uh, I do different things, but yeah, I guess there's, you know, when you're doing, 10, 12, 13 songs on end, there's only so many things you can do mm-hmm. in a lap dance. Definitely. In Fort Mac, I found stage was, there's a lot, um, much higher of a bar for stage performers. So you had the proper costumes, you had routines made. Um, here I find the girls seem to freestyle a lot more on stage, just kind of flop around to be honest. Um, anyways, but some of them really do do a good performance. Um, when I was on stage, I definitely choreographed routines Mm -hmm. um when I worked for clubs I didn't care as much yeah then I would like you said have combos that I would throw in here and there switch them up go a b c b c a c a b you know like rotating that the order in which I did them um and yes most clubs I've always worked at stage performers do pick their music and then vip dancers don't you dance to whatever's playing in the back room and uh, which is can be annoying when you know a terrible Justin Bieber song comes off the tenth time that hour, and you're like, great, mm-hmm. um, or like a song that totally does not fit a strip club. No, like there are some like you know broken hearted love songs. You're like, oh why is this here? Okay, I need to retell the story. I don't know if I've said it on the podcast before, but I'm gonna come back to that. Yeah, circle back. Um, but yeah, I would just like to say, yeah, the club that I work at, the bar is definitely higher for stage performers as well in terms of sort of the overall area in which they always have to have costumes. And I do find that on the Friday and Saturday nights, there is more of a routine because they do sort of themed dances. But as opposed to, but the pole tricks and stuff are typically, um, you know, you can move them around. Mm-hmm. Okay, so yes. Uh, speaking of brokenhearted songs, did we ever talk about the time that we went to the Fox? Um, back when it was alive in Victoria and the, during the daytime, the songs, actually I think all of the time, but it was during a daytime that we were there and whatever song is playing on stage is also the same song playing in the VIP area. And so it was the middle of the day. It was pretty quiet and a guy had requested a song cause I, I was about to go on stage and we were waiting for the song to end so that I could put my song on. And the guy in the VIP area had requested uh, for his stage song to be uh, Every Rose Has a Thorn. Ugh. Yeah, I mean, I love the song, but yeah. Yeah, yeah. And I just, that's the sort, like, I just cannot think of who hurt him that he wanted. Dude, um, who is dying then? <laughs> Fuck. But that he wanted, like, Every Cowboy Has a Sad, Sad Song sung to him as this woman touches her breasts, you know? <laughs> Ugh, why do you say it like that? You know? <laughs> um, but yeah, that is exactly how I visualized it. And yeah. everyone, and of course, the VIP area is 
at the kind of ba- oh, it was at the back of the stage. So yes. everyone sitting to watch the stage could see this this poor gentleman walk around. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> okay, next question. Hey, I just started listening to your podcast because I heard you on Shameless Sex and loved it. I've been wanting to get into some kind of sex work for a while now, and I'm not really sure where to start. I've half-assed starting phone sex and have just made profiles on secret arrangement and secret benefits, which I'm really hoping work out. I have always been intrigued by escorting as well, and I guess my main question for you is where and how do I start? Do I go with an agency, go out on my own, stick with trying to be a sugar baby, I am also based out of Vancouver, which is another reason I love listening to your podcast and want to reach out. It's nice to hear from someone in the same city slash country. I need help and tips. Anything you can suggest to a woman who is just starting out at age 32 and or 30 as well and is wanting to take back her sexual power and make some money from it. If there's a podcast episode you can suggest that answers these questions, that's helpful too. Thanks so much. And I appreciate you and what you do for all of us slutty girls. Take back slut. XO. I, oh, seeking arrangements, that's a, <laughs> that's a sight. I know girls who do well on that website, and I know girls who do not so well on that website, and that is completely because of the way that they can uh, orchestrate something, and it's just the luck of the draw of the men that um, they find. I find in seeking arrangements, uh, they the guys are typically cheaper and want a lot more for their money i think that if you're serious about starting i'm assuming by escorting she's meaning uh full service i assume she's using escorting and prostitution interchangeably which they are not so you guys know this um but okay so if she's looking into you know doing full service then we have a few episodes on uh, girls who work in an a- agency. I'm not sure if we have any for Vancouver. Um, I think that if I was going to start it, I would almost be more comfortable starting at an agency because you have the security of, hopefully, if you're, the agency is good, clients being screened, um, security, a place to go to that isn't their place or your place. And it might kind of be a, maybe a good foot in the door before you can start finding your own clients but I mean I've never I've never started in that route but I'm just thinking more like I guess safety measures that you could take if you were very new to the industry and you didn't know how to start it was like maybe see if you like it just through a place that has all those things set up for you mm-hmm. yeah I know I hear what you're saying um the first question there yes episode six season one a 50 plus a tip it's called baby stripper crash course i cover a bunch of good tips and there's a lot of um tips that strippers use that escorts prostitutes everyone in the industry um would benefit from knowing so definitely check out uh that that um that episode episode six and honestly there's there's a lot of episodes that have little little tips tips and tricks and we do a lot of listener questions too, and I try to kind of include the listener questions in the description of the episode. So if you like click through the different episodes and read the descriptions, you'll probably find your answers within them as well. But episode six is a good place to start. With regards to where and how do you start? Do I go with an agency or go it on my own? I um kind of think the opposite of Riley that going on your own is better um, because sometimes when you're very green and you're very new 
um, people will take advantage of that in a managerial co coworker situation. So if you do your own research, just like anything else, um, you know, start following full service sex workers on Instagram who are teaching people and look at their courses or reach out to them, ask them questions, listen to podcasts like this, um, take notes on your own of how to vet clients properly what, and, and choose your own prices and, and what you think is reasonable and what you're comfortable with. Um, I find agency pricing is a lot lower than independent contractors can charge. Um, I would probably be more inclined to encourage you to go solo, but maybe not and solo in the sense of independent, but maybe if you have a friend who would also be interested in tag teaming with you, if you two kind of started this venture together, um, doing your own research together, finding how to vet clients, finding where to find clients, finding how to operate your little business, and then not saying little business in a condescending way, but your little uh, double trouble business, and then seeing clients together. Um, the two of you with one gentleman, that also increases the safety of it. And you guys can, you know, um, learn with each other as you go. Um, I think that would be a really cool way to go about it. Um, again, like Riley said, uh, the online sugar baby, uh, sugar daddy searches um, in Vancouver are pretty shit, to be honest. I've heard that from pretty much everyone I know who goes on seeking arrangements. It was good five plus years ago and it's gotten a lot shittier now a lot of salt daddies who actually don't have money who are going to really try to undercut you and because you're new in the industry um and this is you know a blanket over new women in the industry a lot of them will do a lot more for a lot less because to them that is great money for stuff they have been doing for free right if you're going to offer 200 bucks for a blowjob when you usually get free blowjobs you're like great 200 bucks is great Mm -hmm. as opposed to other women in the industry be like two thousand dollars for blowjob is my line so sometimes what you see is these guys will seek out girls new to the industry because they know that price bar might be lower or they can get away with more shit. Mm-hmm. Um, for example, like, you know, not wearing condoms or in, in kind of like coercing you to do things. So um, be careful on sites. I'd really research how to properly vet people. Um, and and don't, don't hesitate to reach out to full service sex workers that you see online who you like how they're operating and ask them for tips I would also I would suggest you also offer them money for their information because they've earned that knowledge the hard way you know they've worked hard to have that one up on their competition or they're they're um you know they're operating their business at that capacity because they've worked hard to get there so you know don't expect free free information or free tips like I'm giving you, <laughs> um, from, from women who have earned it, earned it. Right. So even reaching out to people that are local and saying, Hey, would you be able to go for a coffee, a paid coffee date? Um, so I can pick your brain on this. I think it's a great way to go about it. Yeah. I think that there is something to be said about both, uh, agencies and managerial positions and coworkers being able to take advantage of newbies and also tricks being able to take advantage of newbies. So I think that you just need to have a think about, what sort of work you want to put into it, whether it's vetting clients or you absolutely don't want a part of that at all. You just want to be able to go in and out of work and you'll just be able to choose uh, which working style works better for you. Mm -hmm. Definitely. But yeah, again, like I said before, we love being a part of the journey with you guys. So um, 
you know, message us again and check out that episode. And then if you have more questions that are popping up as you're navigating this new venture, um, send them in and we'll help you as much as we can. Again, you know, everything we say is it's what works best for us. And the beauty of the sex work industry is that you can really tailor it to your own experience and your own, um, offerings. So, you know, as much as we, what we tell you is great advice for us, um, you know, take it, you can take some and discard some and, you know, and that goes for everything in the industry pretty much. Yeah. Awesome. Well, we are going to wrap up this episode for the start of season four. So happy to be back. Um, great episode. Glad to be you know, shooting the shit with you, Riley. Yes, great great to be back. Thank you so much for tuning in. And please remember to go to Apple Podcasts, rate, subscribe, review, all that good stuff. It really does make a difference to us um, to be able to get really great guests on and be on other really great podcasts. So please take... 30 seconds out of your day to do that. Yes, and Riley worked very hard to get us on Apple Podcasts, so it cannot be in vain. I know. Please, please, for the love of God, make my time worth it. (laughs) Yeah. And that being said, too, as well, if you guys do have people that you want to hear on the podcast, that you want us to reach out to to have on as guests, throw us their information, and we'll do our best to get their asses on the podcast. And the other side of that, if you guys listen to podcasts that you love, that you think we would be good on, throw them a message and link us in their in you know in the message telling them they should have us on there or and send us a message and we'll reach out to them as well to try to force ourselves on them too (laughs) yeah in a very consensual way of course very consensual they'll they'll love it so yeah thanks as always for listening guys you can find me on instagram at five zero plus a tip or email at five zero plus tip at gmail.com send in your questions comments as always we absolutely love getting them and we know you guys love listening to them and Riley, where can they'll find you? Uh, you can find me on Instagram at VanCityRiley. Otherwise, that's it, actually. That's all you can find me at. <laughs> A woman of mystery. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> all right, guys. Next week, we have Amy from Shameless Sex on, and it's an amazing interview, so definitely look out for that next Wednesday. Have a wonderful week. <laughs> and happy hoeing. Bye. Bye. Positive is brought to you by Bright Future. Bright Future is a Canadian-owned company that makes all-natural, premium-quality microdosing products. Their products are designed to stimulate focus, creativity, energy, and boost your mood while decreasing stress and inflammation in the body. Check them out on Instagram at get.brightfuture and on their website, getbrightfuture.ca. Use the code TIP15 at checkout to get your discount. That's T-I-P-1-5 to get your discount. Truly Lifestyle Brand is an all-natural, cruelty-free skin and hair care company that will have you looking and feeling your absolute best. Use their code TRULYPLUSATIP for 10% off your online order. Temptations Avenue Lingerie is a Canadian-owned lingerie brand with a variety of styles, ranging from sexy and wild to demure and sweet. Check them out on Instagram at Temptations Avenue and use code TIP25 to get 25% off your entire order. That's tip two five. Loveify is a Canadian brand that is focused on self-love and pleasure. They're all about empowering women and encouraging them to express their sexuality openly in a judgment-free environment. Click the link in 50 Plus a Tip Instagram and use code 50 Plus a Tip to get 10% off your order. That's 50 Plus a Tip to get 10% off.